Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's that time of year again. The cool, crisp air nips at your neck, and the leaves begin to change all around you. Fall is finally here, and the glorious month of October has fallen upon us. We have 31 days to watch all of the terrifying, blood-curdling films before we finally reach All Hallows' Eve. But which films to watch? Where do I begin? This is the latest podcast episode of It Records and the return of the annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Creatures of the Night, and welcome back to yet again another episode of Halloween Horror. We are still right in the middle of October, but we are starting to get to that latter half as we move through the month. If you are unfamiliar with with this little mini episode, sideshow, annual recommendation show that we're doing, it's called Halloween Horror, where I'm Matt Johnson. Go solo hosting these episodes, and I'm just giving you a movie recommendation every day throughout the month of October. That's right. You get a movie October 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th until Halloween because we know that you might not be watching horror movies as much as us throughout the year. But when we're in October, as we get closer to Halloween, you might be more open to watching some scary movies. And hopefully one of these will pique your interest, a, fa- a favorite you might have had or one you've forgotten about or one you never heard of. But you you like the description in the synopsis. So hopefully we can do that. A caveat this year is we are doing Every suggestion will be a different year in horror history. We did this last year, but we're doing different years now. We started on October 1st with a movie recommendation from the year 1989. October 2nd, you got a recommendation from 1988. And then so on and so forth until we get to Halloween, we'll get a movie from 1959. So we're going backwards in history. You're going to see what movies kind of were in the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, and a little bit of the 50s, just a little bit of a glimpse, not... Not too much into the 50s, but you'll at least get a film from 59. But where does that leave us today? As you all know, the date is October 17th. But what year are we in? The year is 1973. Yesterday, we did Young Frankenstein in 74 as a horror comedy. But for today, we are going to be doing the 1973 English language film directed by Nicholas Rogue. Don't look now. Don't look now. It is a thriller psychological horror film that is based on the 1971 short story by Daphne de Morar Morer. Apologize if I'm mispronouncing the name of the author, but it goes by the same name. If you're unfamiliar with don't look now, I don't think it's, it definitely has like a cult following now and it's, it's regarded as more of a, a horror masterpiece of sorts. Not like the, one of the better ones 
I guess it is. Some people would consider it uh, one of the better horror movies I've made of all time. The way it's shot, uh, the way it's edited, even the acting in it. I'll get into some of the actors in this film is very well done. So critics really like this movie, but I think, and this is my own interpretation, it's not as wide known. Maybe by horror fans, but definitely outside of it, not so much. They don't really know about Don't Look Now. But the movie, it follows a married couple grieving the recent death of their young daughter as they are in Venice when they encounter two elderly sisters, one of whom is a psychic and brings a warning from the beyond. So that's kind of the setup. You get the the passing of this daughter for this married couple, and they travel to Venice all the while that that passing, that grief, that longing is still with them, that strain in their relationship, and there's a, a psychic they meet who says they can kind of communicate to their daughter from the beyond, and they're also passing on warnings to the main characters that something's not right. And all the while, there's a killer on the loose in Venice. So is that attached to what these these psychics are alluding to. Don't look now. Um, it stars, I'll say Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland. So a young, younger Donner, Donald, Donald Sutherland, sorry, not Donner, Donald Sutherland, a young Donald Sutherland. And it really focuses on the psychology of grief and the effect the death of a child can have on a relationship. That's a huge, huge element uh, of this film. The themes underlying it all, as we said, you know, horror movies take from you know, maybe worldly events that are happening or those micro level events. Maybe it's not macro to the world, but things that can happen on the interpersonal level and take them to the extremes and then kind of not exploit those, but, you know, really stretch them out and see how people react in certain situations. And horror is a, a great genre to do that. The film is renowned for its innovative editing style, recurring motifs and themes, and also for a controversial sex scene that was explicit by the standards of contemporary cinema at the time. So that is also in this movie, it's rated R. It's, uh, it's over two hours long. I think if I remember correctly, I think this one's, I was doing that wrong. It is two hours long. I thought it was 150 minutes. It's an hour and 50 minutes. So it's just about two hours long. There is that controversial sex scene, but there's a lot of really well done editing in this film that kind of moves, creates reoccurring motifs, but reoccurring images that kind of relate to something that's going to happen. You know, so if you see an image, it might be a foreshadowing of something that's going to happen very soon or you'll see an image that you saw before that's kind of harkening back to the past. So really moving back and forth throughout the past and the present and, and what these main characters are going through. I think that it's really well done. The style is great in this film. It, it, it borderlines horror. I think it is horror, but you know, I think it would fall into kind of the elevated horror that we've talked about on the show. Or I think I've mentioned before that's falls into like the Ari Aster's, the Jordan Peele's, the Roger Eggers. Now that's what those movies are, have been kind of coined in these, late 2000s those those directors from like hereditary midsummer get out where they are they fall within the horror genre because of some of the themes some of the, the plot lines the tropes um, that they're they're dealing with so they're definitely horror but it seems like it's a a well-crafted movie that kind of elevates or moves between different genres and people might have looked at these look at the horror genre and see it as sort of a formulaic you know this is a horror movie. You got the body counts. I know what I'm going to get, but these, these movies, these elevated quote unquote horror ones that are coming out, you know, they have deeper themes. They have, they're shot really well. They're edited. Well, they kind of have a message behind them and they, they blur genres that, you know, get out was nominated for an Academy award. So it, 
you know, people look at it differently. I guess they look at it as a film rather than just a horror movie you can pop in. And I think don't look now with the techniques it instills, the film techniques and sort of those underlying themes, you know, grief and longing and how, how that has an effect on the relationship of this married couple would really fall into uh, that elevated horror. And also even like the exorcist kind of, I think falls into there too. If that's like the definition that I just described, it falls well within there. And that even harkens to Ari Aster who did Midsummer, who did hereditary, who's making films now. I believe he said an inspiration for hereditary when he was making that was don't look now. So if you are watching Ari Aster currently and you like his movies from Midsummer to hereditary, maybe check out don't look now. Cause I know he, he definitely in one of his interviews uh, mentioned this movie as either being a, the, the thematic styles of the movie or the underlying uh, subtext or the way they shot it as being a main inspiration for how he made hereditary specifically. So yeah, go ahead and check that out. This movie, uh, as I've mentioned, it was a commercial, I would say critical success. You know, Roger, Roger Ebert, I think gave it, uh, what is it? I think he gave it four out of four stars. I saw, um, gave it a glowing review for a lot of the things that I, I kind of talked about in better detail. So go ahead and read his article. Um, if you want to, he talked about how not many films can, you know, when you're talking about the supernatural or psychics, and you have the everyday rational man um, who's trying to just kind of combat those and, and, and figure out what's going on so well get into his psyche um, compared to other movies that kind of don't create a three-dimensional character. But this movie does through the writing and the acting very well. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's still 95%. People like it. 75, 76% from audience scores, but 95% total. I think a lot of the critics love this movie, but still 76% audience score. But this wasn't the only horror movie to come out in 1973. One I already mentioned on this podcast. Uh, well, we, we've done a full-length episode on this movie, but I've already mentioned it today. The Exorcist. That also came out in 1973. So I'm talking about Don't Look Now, kind of maybe potentially falling into that elevated horror that is more commonly you know, attributed to like the Jordan Peele's Ari Aster's today. Don't Look Now and The Exorcist both came out in 73, so there might have been something similar going on in the horror genre that people were gravitating towards or the directors wanted to kind of change up what they were seeing in the horror genre themselves. And that's now being kind of reinvented or being brought back in these in currently and into the late 2000s, uh, the teens or the 2020s, whatever we're in now. So that's something interesting to look at. Um, some of the movies from like the early seventies, but the wicker man, I would even say the wicker man kind of falls in there. I think the wicker man, which there was the remake with Nicolas Cage, but I, I would contend maybe that even Ari Aster saw the wicker man and had some influences for midsummer, which was later on after a year or two after hereditary came out, but some other ones, the crazies that came out in 1973. Uh, and then one movie that we did on this podcast, theater of blood, a Vincent price one where he kills by Shakespearean plays outside of the entertainment industry. What happened in the world in 1973 the OPEC oil increase by 200%. Arab members of the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, OPEC, announced they will restrict the flow of crude oil to countries supporting Israel on October 17th of 1973, causing the price of oil to increase by 20, sorry, it increased by 200%. So that's why you had all those people running to the, the gas stations, all those lines so that they could fill up on gas before prices, you know, shot through the roof. 
In the United States, Secretariat wins the Triple Crown. Secretariat becomes the first horse since uh, the Citation, I believe, was the horse in 1948 to win the Triple Crown in the United States after placing first in the Belmont Stakes on June 9th, 1973, in what was considered one of the best horse races in history. Secretariat set a dirt track record for the one-and-a-half-mile race with a time of two minutes and 24 seconds. And that'll wrap up for what was going on in the world in 1973. If you're looking to watch, don't look now. I think you're able to view it on YouTube, Google Play, Vudu, Amazon Prime, iTunes. They're all there for, for rent. But it looks like it's on Pluto and Canopy as well, if you have any memberships to those, if you're looking to watch them. I, I don't see it on Shutter at the current moment, but maybe, maybe at some point it will. But it's fairly accessible if you're looking to rent it and check it out. But I'll leave it there for today, October 17th. I'll be back tomorrow, October 18th, for a film from 1972. And I hope to see you there. I hope to hear you listening. But I'm Matt Johnson, and I'll remain in the shadows. Jason was my son, and today is his birthday.